Hey everybody, hope everybody's doing good. We are back with another edition of Casey Music Talk. I'm here today with a violinist and teacher in town, Katie Benio. How you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so for the people that don't know you, tell them a little bit about your music history and your career and what have you done? Uh, well, I started playing the violin in the fourth grade mm -hmm. um, in school. It's actually kind of a funny story. I thought I was was one of those kids that liked to cause trouble. Mm -hmm. And I thought my parents would say no if I asked them to play the violin. Mm -hmm. And then they said yes, and I was kind of stuck with it. Um, <laughs> turned out I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was about 15, I went to a fiddle camp. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where I met Matt Wyatt, the mm -hmm. owner of Live Island Shop here in town, um, and started doing that. And so ever since then, I've kind of done fiddle music, I've done mm -hmm. classical music, I'm working on a master's in violin performance at UNKC oh, cool. right now, um, playing a little bit of everything. You know, mm -hmm. I can get my hands on, trying to learn a little bit about jazz on there, mm -hmm. trying to do a little bit of everything. Are you working with Bobby a little bit, or are you working with somebody else? Uh, mostly, I've taken a couple of dance classes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in improv too right now. Um, I took improv, uh, or not improv, uh, jazz pedagogy, mm -hmm. which is actually probably my favorite class yeah, that I've yeah. ever taken. Yeah. Um, just because I my my main thing is teaching. Sure. Uh, so yeah. I really enjoyed hearing a bunch of people sort of talk about teaching, even even if it was in a background that I don't have. You know, with mm -hmm. jazz, I don't know a lot about it. There's going to be stuff that's going to correlate for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, said, you already said something kind of funny. So, so talk about that for a second, how you didn't think you would like it, and then you ended up loving <laughs> violin. So how did that happen? Like, I, you know, <laughs> I grew up playing a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, you know, I was a lot of academic stuff. Um, I wanted to be a singer mm -hmm. when I was very little. I had one of those little karaoke microphones that... <laughs> I would just carry all around the house, um, and then I was kind of crushed in the sixth grade when they said, you really don't have a great voice. Oh, man. And so I thought, That's okay. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> but, but then I have a great I, voice. <laughs> but uh, then I found violin, and I, you know, just kind of had a, a natural mm -hmm. you know, knack for it. And I was lucky. I had a public school teacher in seventh grade that said, you know, everybody should be taking lessons now, private lessons. I went home and said, Mom, I'm supposed to have private lessons. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of started those, and, and I just, it was something I was naturally good at, and mm -hmm. I always just loved music. Um, I grew up, my dad collects records, um, and so I just kind of grew up in my mom loves country music, and my dad's, um, you know, 50s, 60s, doo wop mm -hmm. and rockabilly, mm -hmm. and I just grew up in a music family, even though we really, they don't play anything. Um, mm -hmm. There was just a love for music, and it kind of, Violin seemed to work for that. Mm. So. so, so with the violin, I'm really excited to have you here today because you're the first person on the show who's been a violinist. I'm talking to a bunch of blues knuckleheads, these idiots, you know. And uh, but so, so you you and I are very similar in the in the fact that we had a, kind of a classical training, and then now we're doing a bunch of other stuff, whatever the heck that is. Yeah. And so, tell me, I'm always fascinated by the differences between all of these like genres or all of these moments when I'm getting calls for a quartet and then you go to a blues jam and then you go play a jazz song and then you have back to the symphony again and then you know all these different moments and how they're different um tell me what are what are some of the fun things that you've noticed trying to play some other kind of genres or some of the challenges or like 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 you can answer that however you want um well I Probably started out. Um, I mean, I started out in like the Texas style fiddling, which mm -hmm. is very much a passed down by ear mm -hmm. tradition. And I remember I, I went to a camp when I was 15 um, uh, over the summer, and I came back the first day and just bawled. Like I can't do this. I can't learn anything by ear. Everybody else can do it, and I just this isn't working for me. Um, so it was just this challenge that mm -hmm. I had never had before. But then there was such a camaraderie in the music. Mm -hmm. Everybody was there to help, and you know, mm -hmm. it was it was just a different environment mm -hmm. um, than I was used to. I mean, we have that in classical music, but it's a, it's more rigorous and 
you know, it's it's mm. not so much the going together to a jam and trying to just all play tunes. Um, yeah. And then so I got into country music and folk a little bit, and it's just really interesting the the language is different. So I mean, you can I, I taught myself to improvise in the beginning and. Mm really didn't know what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> really glad to be learning more about it, but... No, none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's what I'm figuring out. Yeah. But um, it's just, it's it's completely different language. I tried to play over the summer with a bluegrass um, mm-hmm. band with Julian Davis, and it's my, I could hear in my, in my solos, country music mm-hmm. coming out my licks, the things, mm-hmm. my go-tos were yep. country music. So I think it was just it's a fun challenge mm-hmm. to listen to something and figure out how the violin can add something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the variety. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult to for me to sit. I, I enjoy all of it, um, but there's you know people always ask me what's your favorite style, what's your favorite thing you do, and I don't have one. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's all about the getting to experience music and from different musicians' points of view. Everybody's different. That's cool. So, so you said that, that your first, your first day or whatever was you. F- it felt like a train wreck or whatever. You know, you went. <laughs> what was it like the ear playing or what? What was hard about it? Like yeah. Specifically. The, so much of that tradition um, is passed down by ear. Mm-hmm. So we were sitting just in a you know classroom at camp and, mm-hmm. and there was Matt Wyatt playing playing a fiddle tune. He just played a little part of it. We played that. Mm-hmm. He played a little more and. And I, you know, a lot, most all the other kids had been to the camp a couple times, mm-hmm. and I was, this was my first time, and they were all picking it up, and mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. it was just a different, a way, a different way of thinking about music. Sure. I think that's what I like so much about, meeting other musicians, trying other styles, um, everybody has a different way they look at the process of music, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, yeah. it's just really interesting to learn. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. I know for for me, the I st- I was a Suzuki kid, so so I you know had six years of ear before I even stepped in orchestra, and then I'm like, wait, how do I? What is sight reading, you know? And so so I was probably a lot very different from when I go when I deal with my own students because they're coming maybe more from your your side where it was all sight reading, and then I'm asking them to call an answer like you said, and me I'm you know I'm I'm thousand times better by ear than I am sight reading so they're opposite and for me it was like the playing of the stuff was and the ear training was really really easy for me mm-hmm. it was it was really the for me it was like the mentality of dealing with the people mm-hmm. really you know and and so that that was what was kind of hard for me to get over at first it was a really hard learning curve I'll give you an example like if you if you have a quartet you don't even you don't even ask if we're going to practice <laughs> that's breathing right of course mm-hmm. we're going to practice well and you go to a bunch of country guys and <laughs> you need to ask yeah. if we're going to actually practice for this gig you know oh, it's just yeah. a you know it's and then arguing with the guys and trying to do that democracy kind of a well, such, and there's uh, a different language Mm-hmm. You know, the way they, they explain something, mm-hmm. the way they come at, you mm-hmm. know, the same concept. We talk about that in, in the jazz classes that I'm taking. They, yeah. You know, they all have mostly and know enough about classical music to make the comparison. Right. But I think every style of music has a different language. And mm-hmm. if you don't understand what they're talking about, it may be a direct relation yeah. to something we know. We just can't realize that. Right. You know, until you figure it out. <laughs> so, so with the with the actual language. So you're talking about like when they say words like the ride, mm-hmm. the right? And you're like, what the hell's a ride? Yeah. You know, and, and or like the head. The head, like, right? Yeah. What? What's the head? Oh, said, the top of the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then like the other one that that really annoys me is when they start talking about. It's what did they say? It's the. It's the tone of the thing. It's the tone of the thing. I'm like, well, you're actually, you know, if if we're gonna, you know, actually, you're talking about dynamics, you know, it's like, you know, they, they don't know the words, the the actual uh-huh. specific words. So you've got to like interpret, right? I mean, oh, yeah. like, or or they've created, you know, I I remember actually, um, this is a little 
a different, but I had taught a, an adult fiddle student. I think I was 16, <laughs> and he was 88. <laughs> um, and he had created, he couldn't read music, mm -hmm. and he had created this entire thing of, of like basically tablature. Um, wow. To to explain how he was, you know, and I just looked at, I, you know, so young, it just went right over. Yeah, yeah, I don't wow. know how to, I don't know how to help you with this, but that's yeah, very wow. common. I've I've experienced that um, with different fiddle teachers mm -hmm. where they show you something and and you have to interpret it. It's, yeah, it's, sure. But it's really interesting. I think it teaches you a lot about the style, mm -hmm. the way that they present it. Yeah. So what? So with. So with this idea of playing other genres, like what has has there been anything like really, really specific with the actual music part of it that's been hard, like a, a certain genre that, like, like I'll give you an example, like so. This wasn't kind of that hard for me because I had a really good ear, but I noticed that like a swing beat I think is mm -hmm. kind of tricky for people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is. If this, if you agree with this or not, but actually, I thought Latin was actually easier for me than swing was, even though the rhythms were ridiculous. I mean, it's all syncopated and stuff, but the rhythms, for example, are all and it's all straight, right? But the swing is not, and and all of our march beats are straight. So mm -hmm. so I thought that the 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 straight funk instead of the swingy funk was actually easier for me and the latin was actually easier because mm -hmm. it, i mean do, do you have any like music specific stuff that's been tricky or um i mean i've just definitely noticed i think what's what's tricky about that for me is stepping into a situation especially i've been a crossover musician for so long mm -hmm. that a lot of times i'll step into the situation and somebody expects me to just know about the style mm -hmm. and so yeah. and i don't know right and so i think it's that's where i've actually been i've really had to train like you talked about training your ear mm -hmm. um, but i've had to do it more as an adult Right. Because I, you know, a lot of times with those, it's just sitting with a record and, and trying to play mm -hmm. along and figuring out. I mean, I don't have a specific one that I've really right. you know, struggled with, but there are definitely, it's it's a lot of listening. I mean, it's, right. yeah. it's taken me <laughs> almost 30 years to figure mm -hmm. out that. I mean, that's, that's music. Right. It's, it's especially trying to figure out a style. It's all about just listening to it. Mm. The more it's in your ear, yeah. Um, and I'm the same way. I try to do that with my classical pieces now. Do we um, do that enough in classical? I <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> That's what this is for. Calling people out, bitching. That's what this show is for. No, but, but uh, I mean, I and in fact, now that you mentioned that, I I think there's there's just not enough of it in general. Mm -hmm. Um. In fact, I'm in a jazz history uh, master's level class right now, mm -hmm. and the teacher said something about you, and he said, I just, I don't want to hear anybody, a musician, complaining about having to listen to music. Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah. you know, it's a good point. <laughs> um, we had, I had a bluegrass You're gig. supposed to like this, yeah, right? Yeah, and I had a bluegrass gig that um, was about nine hours in the car there and back, and <clears> we just listened to bluegrass yeah, wow. um, the whole way there and back and I noticed it started to come out of my right. brain a little bit yeah. I mean it's all about your head exploded after that yeah, but, well. <laughs> but I mean it, it's yeah I think I don't think we do enough listening mm -hmm. see there you I, go now that <laughs> but call I, out as many names as possible get yourself in as much trouble as possible on the show <laughs> No, I mean, I, I'm, and it's funny that you mentioned that though. I am really trying to find a way to, I've been doing these practice challenges with my kids, mm. um, with my students. And the next one I want to do is listening mm. because I keep, you know, I'll send them home and say, you know, half of your practicing should be listening mm -hmm. and they come back and you can tell they haven't listened. Sure. To what so, so what are on. the practice challenges? Talk about that. Um, okay. So I found this online. Um, there's a music teachers kind of blog thing on mm. Facebook that I like to follow. It's a lot of, it's an international thing, a lot of great ideas. And I saw one that um, she'd done a 100-day practice challenge, and you added a bead for every day that you practiced. 
So I've kind of adapted that to my studio. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this last over winter, we did Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. And so for each day, they did a certain amount of practice, got a certain size of bead, and then mm-hmm. they created a Christmas ornament. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So it's just been, I mean, especially, I mean, obviously older kids don't care as they much. They don't but care, yeah. The little kids, it's, you know, several parents have said, this is really, you know, our, it makes our kids remember to practice. They're mm. reminding us now because they want to come that's in and really pick cool. out beads. So it's been it's been fun and it you know it's it's just a an exciting way to try to motivate mm-hmm. kids, which is not easy to do. No, it's not. <laughs> and it, I mean now we're on to kind of a teaching topic, but that that's something that I've been just emotionally fighting mm-hmm. for so long. And and I saw this video of a guy, and, and there's a thousand ways to do this, but he had these little monkeys right there. Mm-hmm. They like hang, yeah. and so. Mm-hmm. So you, you play one thing and then you hang the monkey on the stand and then, oh, oh, good job. You did the second one. So he hangs the monkey and they don't even get anything at the end. You mm-hmm. just want to try to get the monkeys to the floor and then like, it. see, to me, it's like dealing with a whole bunch of blues guys. See, I think that's just gay. You know, it's just dumb. You know, it's like the stupidest thing in the world. And like, but to them, it's not. The, and, well, and that's, you And know. to the little kids, like I have this, it's funny, my college professor in undergrad had me take pennies on a music stand and he'd learn it from like a teacher at Curtis or Juilliard mm-hmm. or something. You just move this, the pennies over to the stand when you play it correctly and then yeah. you go back if you play it incorrectly and mm-hmm. you try to get all the pennies. So I call it the penny game. Sure. <laughs> and the kids just go crazy and their yeah. focus is 100% all of a sudden in the middle of a lesson. So it's, I think that's part of what I enjoy so much about teaching. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. finding the little ways to try to inspire kids. And so that's basically why my students aren't motivated. It's because I'm not, like, motivating <laughs> nah, them. No, I don't think I'm that's... Just <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's really cool. I, I'm, I'm glad that, because, uh, like you just said, everybody needs to find that thing they're willing to do. Well, and, and it's, you know, it's tough for these. I mean, kids are involved in, in a lot of things these days. And it's, it's getting tougher and tougher to, mm-hmm. to, you know, kids don't, for me, I played violin. <laughs> right. That was the main thing that right. I did from, you know, middle school on. And, and that's just not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's great to see, you know, kids getting other opportunities and things, mm-hmm. but it's there, it's a difficult instrument to learn and it's very, it requires a lot of practice. <laughs> I went on a soapbox with Bridget the other night about kids being in other activities. I won't do that tonight because <laughs> just go all night my annoyances with that. But, but you're right. It is neat when when they, because, because all of the activities. I mean, they really teach a lot. Like non musically, they teach all the same stuff: discipline, mm-hmm. excuses, you know, time management. Absolutely. I mean, it's all the same crap. Mm-hmm. And but uh, so it's really good, you know, having your kid mm-hmm. in any of that taekwondo, soccer, sports. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I think there are definitely benefits to it. It's, right. It can be difficult. Like, I've been trying to do group lessons, mm-hmm. um, and I've got about 25 students. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with that many students, it's difficult to get enough students to show up to and commit to a group lesson yeah. on a regular basis to make it valuable right. as an actual group experience. Right. So I'm always looking for more ways to motivate and yeah inspire because it's just more fun when when they're practicing and they're learning and Mm -hmm. you know it's you you enjoy teaching the students that want to be there (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah so so getting back to like playing these non-classical lessons or these non non non-classical genres um i've seen uh it's it's been kind of inspiring to see some of your Facebook posts, you know, that you've been putting on about, I'm, I'm working on these two chords and what do I play, which scale do I play over that? And I'm working on this song and yada, yada, yada with your jazz. Um, what are some things like, again, specifically jazz things that have been challenging or that, that have helped a lot with it? Like any exercises you've done or what, what are some things that you've been working on with that? All of it. All of it. <laughs> it's not what I want to hear. I want specifics. But, um, but uh, yeah. Well, I uh, it's scales. Scales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's all scales mm-hmm. and arpeggios and and I mean as a violinist, it's figuring out like we just we're getting into um, harmonic scales, harmonic mm-hmm. minor scales. Yep. Um, and we you know we'll do like harmonic minor Dorian. So mm-hmm. you're starting the second, so that mm-hmm. you know for a violinist with that augmented second between mm-hmm. the fingering, it's just real awkward. Right. And so you really 
to to play it and and know what you're doing you have to know exactly where you are you have to know exactly the key mm -hmm. there's so much that you have to process at once and i've just that's not something i've ever really had to mm -hmm. do i mean it's we process a lot of things but to really think about the pitches and where are you and and what key is this based on and what's you know and that even if you can do that you have to then know the chord that it applies to uh -huh. or else it's no good yeah it's just a lot to think about um and it's been i even noticed it and um, there was we're playing Mahler six at umkc mm -hmm. um in a couple of weeks and uh, there's some awkward fingerings and things and I just noticed myself thinking about the intervals and uh -huh. you know what does this apply yep. to and I had never processed it that that way before and I think there are just some really awkward things in jazz that just are awkward to translate to the violin mm. and but sitting in a class with mostly horn players they don't really oh, yeah. no, they, they don't just, understand yeah. that so there's not gonna be uh, okay well we won't do this because it's not as easy it, or it, you know, wow, wow! Well, well, they say to you, right? Yeah, they, basically, they, they, yeah, they say I, deal with it. Exactly. You know, suck it up. Exactly, and so yeah. you just kind of adopt the mentality of, "Well, I got to figure it out," and it has actually really strengthened. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many things that mm -hmm. I thought, "Well, that's just you know, maybe that's beyond what I'll ever do," or you mm -hmm. know, and it's changed my mentality. I think that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed for me, like, I'm definitely. I'm good at shifting, you know, in college we did quite a few concertos and stuff, but mm -hmm. I typically don't shift very much while I'm improving. Yeah. And yeah. I, I pretty much stay in, <laughs> stay in root or uh -huh. first position. And so, but when I do that, I'll notice that all of the keys are like, you know, it's all two, five, two, five, you know, so it's all, uh, mm -hmm. B flat, E flat, A flat, G flat, mm -hmm. D flat, you know, it's all flat, 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 flat. So basically the whole song, I'm doing those low fours, mm -hmm. you know, and so I'm just noticing that I'm using like low four, like yeah. constantly, especially on all the bebop stuff and all the horn songs. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that an example of what you're talking about with like awkward fingerings and Absolutely. stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the keys that, that they'll choose mm -hmm. to play in, you yeah. know, the, my last semester, the teacher always said, what key do you guys want to start in? And <laughs> of course, everybody. E flat, you know, <laughs> yeah. A flat. Like, yeah. Thanks, I mean, the thanks. few times they were nice. Yeah. How about A for you? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah right. And then you call G and they're like, you <laughs> suck. You know, and you're well, like, well. But even Bluegrass, I mean, I mm -hmm. that's B major. And, oh, oh yeah. man, that F sharp major yeah, chord yeah. all day long is just, I, I would love to give up those keys. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a different, mm. it's just a different. Different it's a process. lot of chromatic, right? Yeah, too? yeah. which is it's a different facility yeah. that we mm -hmm. don't. I mean, we're always and I even thinking about it when I'm teaching. You know, we're always looking for the easiest way to do something. Right. And, and here, you know, what was the composer thinking? And you know, a lot of them were violinists, and so now and there isn't an easy way. <laughs> it's 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 like playing modern music in a way. Mm -hmm. I took um, jazz theory and post tonal harmony at the in the same semester last year. And there was so much crossover. <laughs> there was just, yeah, it was, it, but it was a lot of crossover. A lot of this, you know, just not the the basic melody. There was just so much more happening in there. Mm -hmm. And then that has, you know, applied into classical music. I mean, people talk so much about the differences between everything, but there's so many similarities. You mm -hmm. just, I, you know, I see them every day. Everything I'm learning something new about crosses into something else mm -hmm. that I'm working on which is a lot of fun <laughs> yeah 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 that's cool so so again for because this is sort of sort of a teaching uh, teaching show here so for those people that don't know when when you're talking about practicing scales for for all of us for all of us idiots that don't know why you're doing that why are you practicing all those scales <laughs> Because it's music. Well, they no, but not because it's music. But you're you're not what you're doing is you're you're not over the head of this song. You're not playing a scale, right? What are you playing over the head of a song? What you mean when I'm improvising or when when you're you're playing the melody, mm -hmm. right? So there you're not playing scales, no. right? So when when are you playing scales? Why are that? Why are you practicing scales all the time? <laughs> 
that I'm improvising. Ah, it's, it's the language. And right. Talk, well, that's like the key right. term. It's, you know, you're developing language. You're mm. in facility, something that is at the ready. I remember watching something about improv from a, a jazz violinist several years ago. And somebody asked him in an interview, you know, what are you thinking about when you're improvising? And he said something like, Oh, just, you know, when the next break is, I can go get a beer. <laughs> well, okay. I'm totally, bo- I'm totally bored right now. This is, you know, it's yeah. A, I mean, I don't know that that's, you know, but right. it, it is this concept that it should just be there. Um, mm-hmm. We watched a video in improv class of somebody, I think it was the Michael Brecker video, I don't remember, but mm-hmm. um, somebody talking about, you know, it takes a while. It's like, I practice these new licks and these new scales and this new language, and it takes a while for it to actually come out of my yeah yeah so i mean it's yeah you're just drilling it to where it just happens (laughs) right and that that was kind of a thing for me that i always it it, like it's in in college it was my first real time to you know time to start working on this improv and it it wasn't bad at first but it sure wasn't good you know (laughs) i mean like you said i mean it's really you know that was when I would have done that would have been starting in like maybe Oh two, you know? So now, I mean, this is like 15 years later when I really think about it, you yeah. know, being 35. So, mm-hmm. but or whatever, 13 years later. So I have to keep remembering that I'm not new at this right now. I mean, this has mm-hmm. happened over like 10, whatever years. And so like you're saying is that, is that you're practicing these scales so that obviously during this little spot, you're going to play your, harmonic minor blah 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 you know over this little spot but you can't it's really hard to go okay here it comes you know it just boom and it happens that fast and the only way you can do that is to have that just drilled into your head over and over so it just boom comes out Mm -hmm. right and you don't even know you're doing it anymore yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that that's like the, the bluegrass and country lick thing. You mm-hmm. know, I had so many country licks from mm-hmm. practicing it that came out in bluegrass and right. it took sitting down with records and practicing, you know, the scales and things that apply to that style of music mm-hmm. to actually have some of that start to creep mm-hmm. into my playing. And you know, it's they always talk about it's one thing to improvise, it's a whole other thing to have the correct language mm, to yeah. sound authentic, to sound right. like you actually. Yeah, because you just said, because you said that earlier about the idea, and, and I always feel like this because I'm not a fiddler. Mm-hmm. I, I am more of a, you know, more of a, I'm definitely a classical player, but now I've realized that I'm definitely fairly bluesy. I've done, I've done a lot of blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to 250 blues jams since I've been to town, like wow, a lot, awesome. you know? Yeah. And so, so I can definitely say that I'm playing more bluesy, right? I sound mm-hmm. authentic playing bluesy, mm-hmm. but, and then now that I've been in about three, con- you know, pretty full-time country bands, I'm starting to feel pretty mm-hmm. country-y now. Mm-hmm. But when I go over to bluegrass, I know I'm not playing, I'm playing what I'm doing is I'm doing Rob over bluegrass. Yes. You know, and that's probably oh, yeah. what you're meaning I, is you're, you're doing Katie over whatever the heck we're doing right now. And that's where I am with jazz right now. Yes. I mean, yeah. I can follow along for the most part right. on, you know, at least the simpler tunes because I'm still so new to it. Mm-hmm. But I hear it and, you know, no matter how much I practice because it's still so new to me that right. my country looks, my country style mm-hmm. of sliding into things right. that, you know, it's not we don't slide. It's not that we don't slide jazz but it's different it's all a little different and I mean I even hear my classical influence I always thought of myself as I'm a fiddle player when I advise I'm a fiddle player Mm -hmm. but the classical influence is there I can't I can't hide any of it it's all there right yeah you you, you're like I I realized (laughs) I'm not really this and that you know and (laughs) and you and you were saying some too interesting that about when we try because in jazz, we get rewarded for being the craziest, unique thing out there, right? I mean, it sounds really good to be unique. Now, in country, the country, yeah. the banana-da-da-da, you know, those little those, tags those sound little, so good. The licks. That, yeah, yeah the, the country <laughs> licks, you, the, the cliche licks mm-hmm. sound really good. But in jazz, they actually sound bad. Well, they, they sound good, but, but you're rewarded for being unique. Mm-hmm. And so that I think you and I are at the same point here where 
what I know I can do is just hear some uh, Shenandoah breakdown or any of those. I know that I can improv Rob over this. I know I'm going to be able to do it. It's not yeah. going to sound fiddly, but it's going to sound fine. Mm -hmm. People are going to clap. It's going to be fine. Yeah, but, but but I want to sound more bluegrassy. That's and yeah. and so some people are uh, some people are playing devil's advocate with me, saying like, why would you want to do that? Mm. You know, and and, and that's, that's a good argument, but. I don't know how to feel about that. I, you know, that's something I've struggled with for a long time. Um, that I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole, but mm -hmm. the the whole Mark O'Connor thing, mm -hmm. and he's such he was one of those first crossover yeah. musicians, and I, you know, I have a there's I have a lot of strong feelings about that situation, <laughs> but um, it just there are a lot of people that that had this very strong you can't that's not traditional that's not real. It's him doing his own thing, and I've always respected that. That's it's something different. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. anything. It's either you know you're creating your own sound, you're or you're being authentic, or you know I think the best of all it'd be the best of both worlds right. to be able to do both. But I'm currently in that situation where I've been for so many years. I've always just tried to fit in with the group that I'm playing right. with and tried to to match and be authentic. And, right. I think I'm finally to the point where I'm saying, okay, I'm singing a little more. I'm doing, you know, I can be my own thing. What is that? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure yeah. yet because I've done, you know, I just did a recording, um, played some violin viola on a punk rock album. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I played with some mariachi <laughs> groups and I've done a little bit of the Irish stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I mean, I've just done all sorts of stuff and I don't know what my music is yet. And mm -hmm. I think that in some ways is, you're changing yourself right now. Yeah. You're, you're creating what that is. You it's, maybe don't have your style yet. And I'm barely at the point now where mm -hmm. I can tell that I'm more of a blue or a, a country and blue, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm starting to feel that over the last hundred jams or whatever that I've been mm -hmm. to, I'm starting to feel that I'm playing similarly to the last 50. And, mm -hmm. but, but you might be at that point right now where you're making your path. Yeah. You know, and, and well, and it's interesting to as a teacher then to say, well, how do I mold my students without mm. molding them, you know, mm. without forcing them down a certain yes. path? Yes. You know, I always, as much as I can, I try to let my students, especially my fiddle students, just kind of, what do you want to do? What mm. is your, you know, if you're interested in Celtic, I don't do a lot of that, but we mm. can work on it and I'll learn some and we'll, you know, yeah. I just try to let them as much as I can go do what they want to do but it's it's a big world there's making a, a bunch of little katie's running around right is that what you're meaning you know <laughs> yeah. you're you're creating a bunch of little katie's but you really you want i want them billy to and tommy and, you know I, you yeah i really i mean i really do because i i don't even know what i am mm -hmm. i mean i know i can still go to a fiddle contest and and they'll say, hey, you must have studied with Matt Wyatt. Because mm -hmm. he is, and it's not that he didn't, you know, it's just that I copied his sound and that was a big part of, of learning that mm -hmm. style of music. Um, but it's it's a different, it's a challenge. Yeah. And I think it has to be mostly self-guided, which mm -hmm. is then very frustrating and difficult as a, as a teacher because you want to step in and, and mold and guide. And, right. And finding that, that point of how much you should do that and how much you should allow them to explore and find their own voice is it's tricky. <laughs> oh yeah and I yeah I know I deal with that with my students a lot when I'm talking to them about improv because I, 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 I have the same feeling as you do where I'm like I can't I can't tell you what to do over this recital or recital <laughs> over the solo but what my job is is to show mm -hmm. I'm, I, my job is to show them mm -hmm. these are like the 10 things that miles did right these are the things that I do these are the things that yeah. this guy did mm -hmm. and you can choose these 10 or the other 100, you know, there, there's no wrong here. Yep. And, and that, that's tough because, like, that's why one reason why I don't like showing them riffs. Yeah. I don't like doing that, and I haven't had the opportunity to do that too much, but I've steered away from that on purpose mm -hmm. because now I'm teaching them the same riffs that I play, and, then, and I would rather teach them the same mentality that I go. That, yeah. that I would rather do that than teach them when I do a, when I do like a, you know, mm -hmm. that's a riff that I play a lot. 
or mm-hmm. or do a da 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 you know the same three notes over and over yeah i would rather not teach them that riff i would t- i would rather teach them the idea of beethoven's fifth where you have your motive and mm-hmm. then there's a thousand ways to play that motive in a in a barely different way yeah. i'd rather teach them that concept and how okay now could you go or and you take that triplet idea and i i would I would rather show them like that because mm-hmm. now I don't know if they turn into me as much. What, what do you think that's, about that? I mean, I, I think that's uh, that is a great you know. It's the challenge I find with that is is getting the students to to try it. Mm. You know, I have I I'm sure this is partly you know I think your students become no matter what you do a lot like you. Oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had a lot of fear with it and a lot of like I don't you know I don't know what I'm doing and. and oh no, I'm a mess. They're, now think, they're gonna be a mess. I think that I think that shows <laughs> in my students. I you know I'm do I try to do my best to give them the confidence that I didn't have. <laughs> but you know I find that I can't hardly get them to. Especially the you know the as they get older the fear like mm. comes into the playing a little bit and yeah so I've tried to really send them again with the listening yeah. send them to a recording and say you know or send them just say hey you go find a lick and then let's work with it mm. you know I'm not gonna give you one go find one yeah, you know, yeah. Some, from something your favorite album your favorite player you know go find something and learn it and bring it back mm. so that they're kind of influenced by what they're listening to. Right. And, and they're kind of in charge then at that point too. Yeah. You're not making and them, they're you know, to choose. That, yeah. that works when they're, <laughs> when they're willing to go do it, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. You know, most of the time that's the case. Yeah. But it's. So yeah. you said, you said something really interesting too about the idea that this is, this is my opinion is that there's, there's all these stages and I haven't gotten a chance to teach too much improv cause I'm still always staying mm-hmm. in classical with them. Yeah. But the ones that I've gotten to teach improv with, I've noticed that, like you said, the first stage is that fear. You know, once that fear is done, <laughs> it's over. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a thousand things that they can do and they're going to be off and running. And mm-hmm. especially because of where we come from. Because it's all the people in classical, right? And they're going from ear or from reading mm-hmm. into ear. And if if I can get them to get that wall down, then yeah. it's over, you know. And so like, and so one one thing that I found personally is is another one that I don't like to do actually is I actually don't like to start them with scales either. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't like to do that is because we have way too much crap to think about because our instrument is just ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous instrument in Uh history, you know, and there's too much to think about. So I I like to try to do like call and answers with them, but then make them do different notes, same rhythm or same rhythm, different notes. So so they, they like in basketball, I talk about a pivot foot, right? They have something stable and and like, and so have you, have you found that to be a huge challenge of the, the fear Absolutely. I, um, over the summer, I was kind of when I started the group lessons. Um, Mm. and so I brought in, since I was working with the the bluegrass guitar player a lot of the summer, he's, um, he just turned 18, um, kind of like little prodigy, um, wonderful player, not really a theory background. He does everything by, he just plays, he just hears it and he does it and he practices a ton and, you know, it's very, very good. And so I thought, you know, I want to bring him in mm. because he's the opposite of me. I overanalyze and think mm. and what scale and what chord. And, and I brought him in and just from the way he was kind of talking, I thought, you know what? I Because we'd practiced, you know, were improvising over Faded Love. It's mm-hmm. got like three chords. And, you know, I finally... <laughs> Yep, nice and slow, and mm-hmm. I finally just, you know, we had all the kids go around and play, and I finally just said, you know, I forget everything that I just play something. Yeah. I don't care what it is. There yeah. is no wrong. Yeah. You know, I try to really, um, we actually, t- they talked about that a lot. I went to a, a pedagogy camp mm-hmm. over the summer, and they talked about that as a big part of this, you know, this no fear environment and yeah. lesson. 
um, and they're classical musicians, and, and, you know, I thought, there is no wrong, it's just constant encouragement of, yeah, that sounded great, you know, that, that's, that's really good, and, and I got a lot better results from that. You, you tell I them that, but they don't buy it. Well, of course not. Right, they don't buy that at all, there's no wrong, right, and, and so that, that's, so, so that's an awesome segue, because you mentioned earlier about Mark O'Connor, and, and, and coming into this mentality of, the, of, it's a different language and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the, this is one of the main things that is different to me is the idea that there's a whole in classical, there's a whole bunch wrong. It's a, it's a whole <laughs> idea. I mean, that's all yeah. we do at school. Mm -hmm. We tell them a couple, right. But it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's this never satisfied kind of mentality, right? Yeah. You're always pushing. Uh, it can always be that much tighter. can always be that much better oh, in tune. Yeah. And, but then you go over to the, the jazz guys and there's no right anymore. There's no wrong. And, and that, that really had, that was tough for me to understand at yeah, first because yeah. <laughs> we've been taught something totally different that, you know, two chord songs are stupid. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And, they're, they're boring and they're, they're not boring and, and you, you don't mm -hmm. want to stay at book one yeah, type idea. You want to go to, you want to go to book three and then five. And, yeah, and so, absolutely. and so like, <laughs> Maybe that's something that is, I think, tough for a lot of people to get into the, this idea that there, that we're in a totally different thing now. There is no wrong when Rob does want to come over and play Rob over bluegrass, uh -huh. and and these and these guys are rolling over in their grave. Yeah. Oh, that's not traditional. That's not <laughs> yeah. right. And then these guys are going, you know. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Rob playing playing over whipping post almond brothers, you know, yeah. I mean, playing heavy metal, violin, whatever, you know. Yeah, what, do, what do you think about that? I you know, it's it, there is no wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. I I it's it's a different I think it's just a mentality that we as educators need to take. Mm -hmm. Which I would have never said that until I went mm -hmm. to I went to um IU over the summer mm -hmm. and took a like week-long pedagogy camp with Mimi um, and Brenda and just watched their teaching and you just watched their students are phenomenal of course I mean Mimi was you know Joshua Bell's teacher and mm, wow. and so I mean their students are incredible but there's no fear mm -hmm. there's no, it's never been difficult it's never been scary right. and they talked a lot about the language that you use mm. like not saying some things wrong mm. there are other ways to say it yeah you know that we're improving and I you know always thought of myself as a very encouraging very supportive mm. teacher and then I started paying attention to my own language yeah but you know I do say well that was wrong here's how we fix it right. so trying to change that mentality and and you know a lot of it I've gotten of course from the jazz too I remember I went and observed just a um, dance big band for for class and we had to write and fill out a little form and and talk about it and I just kept saying you know they're having fun <laughs> like they're just up there smiling and mm -hmm. hanging out and and they're just having fun in a rehearsal you know it's a different it's a different world oh yeah I think we we have fun in classical music I fully believe that but sure. it is a different environment mm -hmm. and I think that especially with kids we can do as much as we possibly can to show oh, them that this is supposed to be fun you know this is we're, we're learning and we're working hard but it's so that we're making music and, and we should love that and enjoy it right. or else what's the point yeah I'm, I'm really bad at that about about the telling telling them it's wrong and so you know I, I try as best I can like you said it's but, but it's, it's very hard because <laughs> like because when we're talking about like Beethoven there, there's, you know, hardcore classical people are going to say there's interpretations, but I'm like, they've never talked about jazz. I mean, there really isn't an interpretation here. I mean, there, there's, you know, we play spiccato over Mozart, get over it. That's what it is, you yeah. know? And so there, there's a lot in classical where it is kind of, it's not back to the, they turn out to be little me's. That's what it is. I gotta just tell them how to play the song. Yeah, it's, it's spiccato it's, here. It's, that's a C sharp. That's a you know. And, there's a basic right answer. Right, there's a basic right <laughs> answer. Yeah, and but yeah. but that's good, and a lot of people like that. That there, that's why some people hate philosophy and stuff like mm -hmm. that because there isn't a right, there isn't a wrong, or, yeah. or you know, <laughs> and so that that like is just a different mentality about the fear part of it. I mean, it's getting back to the fear, um, but like. 
the the other part that I think gets people too is that there's no there in classical there's no memory involved. Mm-hmm. You're getting told everything. Mm-hmm. C sharp there and crescendo there and mm-hmm. and and there's and there's no decisions to make. Yeah, that, they're that, made that's, for you. Yeah, they're made for you. For the and, most part, I mean. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what you feel about this, but I've had this theory that people, if you're going to talk about leaders and followers, <laughs> classical people don't like me to have this opinion about this, but in regards to decision making. Obviously, you're sitting first chair, and there's some leadership involved there. But if you're going to talk specifically about decision making, classical to me is more like being a follower, and playing in a jazz band is more like a leader. Yeah. And a couple of reasons why I feel that way is one, you're you're one on a part usually, so you don't you you can't follow anybody at least on your part. Yeah. And you have a whole bunch of decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And in classical, what do you wear? Well, tux. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to sit? Up oh, third chair. You know, yeah. what are you going to play? Conductor already decided. Yeah. Where's the concert? Nope, it's over there. <laughs> what are you playing at the concert? Conductor already said. There's no decisions to make ever. Well, and I think, and what do you think know, about that? I think that comes back to, for me, like, I, you know, we talked about at the very beginning, loving the variety. Mm-hmm. I think for me, just emotionally, I enjoy being a follower. And mm-hmm. then I enjoy getting to yeah. flip over and make a decision and choose, you know, yeah. what gig am I going to play? Where am I going to go out? Am I going to dress? You know, mm-hmm. what am I going to play? Am mm-hmm. I going to bring the mandolin today and try that? You know, it just, there's so much freedom. And then to be able to come into the classical world and say, there is a right answer yeah. and this is how it's done. And I'm, I, you feel accomplished in a way, you know, you have said, you, you know, show up to a concert and you play and you think, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I fit in. I, you know, didn't, yeah. didn't play through the rest. I, <laughs> You know, I played all the right notes. I, I was in the right spot. There's something about that that feels good. There's, mm. you know, something that's nice about that. But then there's also something about right. saying, man, that solo tonight right. was really cool. And, you know, I was trying to sing on that one. And that was kind of fun. And, like, making decisions. I think it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good balance, I think. And, of course, I think certain things fit people's personalities sure. yeah, yeah, better, yeah. too. So... So I got a, a couple more real quick ones for you. One, um, I heard you say the other day that you went to an open jam or whatever. Talk, talk, talk about that experience. Oh, that How, was how'd that go? Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, I'm still obviously pretty new to jazz. Um, it was my first actual jazz. Which, which one was it? Which uh, California's. Okay, Eddie, the Wednesday Eddie one. Morris, yeah, yeah, Eddie's. Um, yeah. I think Nebula is the yeah. name of it, Jam on Wednesday nights. Um, I had gone a couple times um, and just watched and observed, and it was KKFI night, and, and um, I knew a lot of people there, and I was there with um, Rachel. She's a bassoon player at school, mm-hmm. and we're both classical, you know, based, right. and have been taking some improv, and we had gone to my apartment and practiced mm-hmm. beforehand, and... And we're, you know, I thought, well, she's going to do it. You're all pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I can okay, do we're it. We this. can do this together. <laughs> <laughs> Scared out of your mind, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. It was, I, I was terrified. I, mm-hmm. but it was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect that. I think that's what I'm getting out of finally studying and improvi- mm-hmm. you know, improvising and studying jazz and and learning is that's giving me the confidence to know that I can get up and do something that's yeah, not right. awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, was there anything that surprised you about the whole night, or were, were you not really that surprised? It was just terrifying. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, it surprised me that it, and we only played, we played on Autumn Leaves, and we okay. showed solo, um, and played the head of the tune, and, and um, it, it surprised me that I wasn't more nervous. Mm-hmm. It just kind of went, and I did, I think I got into. I felt like I had that language mm-hmm. and something to fall back on, and I just kind of played. Yeah. And and it was there were so many it was so many people there that I had met through through right. school and everything. So it was a really supportive. Yeah. Um, Roger Wilder was playing keyboard, and he yeah. was my he's great. jazz yeah, theory he's, teacher, yeah. and you know, so it was just a very supportive group that, yeah that's great was excited and you know so it just was a it was a positive experience that's and good I hadn't yeah. been so fearful of you know mm. even playing an improv class was not you know we're the, the newbies 
movies with all these kids who have played before. Right. Um, and that was always a little bit terrifying, but there was just so much support. and. That's you know, good. That means a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it really helped it, a lot. It about. really does. I mean, that's what, when I started fiddling way, you know, back in the day, it, that's what got me into it was that supportive that, you know, we want you to succeed. We don't mm-hmm. want this you to fail, right. you know, because that's not going to help us. Right. We want you to succeed because this is music and let's make it together. Right. And, and that was, that's just, a, it, it yeah. makes it fun. That's cool. See, I think <laughs> I've heard, I've heard New York ain't like that. And I, I think that's, that is a little bit of a Kansas City thing. I'm sure there's other cities that are like that too, but the, mm-hmm. we have a very supportive music scene here. See, New York, oh. New York, I mean, they're, they're, I don't know if they're sabotaging you to get a gig, but they ain't helping, you know, I mean, because it's just cutthroat beyond belief. And out here, everybody needs each other, really. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've really, especially going to UMKC and just trying to get out into the music scene more the last few years, um, have found that very much to be true. Yeah. And, and I've, you know, I'm, I have horrible stage fright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always tell my kids the story of the first fiddle contest I ever went to when, when we're preparing for a recital. Um, I signed up, it was in this Boonville, Missouri, in like the middle school or something, mm-hmm. was this fiddle contest, and then went and hid in the bathroom and cried. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, keep in mind, I was like 16 years yeah, old. Right, I was yeah, not a little right. kid. Um, and just sobbed and like my mom had to pull me out of the bathroom and my teacher had to sit me down and be like, this is going to be fine. The performing for me has never been easy. Yeah. It's not always fun. Yeah. I've always considered myself a teacher because yeah. I, I, that comes naturally. Um, but performing, I'm finally getting, you know, meeting mm-hmm. people and finding that supportive yeah. group of musicians and that's, it's making it fun. Yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> so, okay, so we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. We could probably sit here all night and talk <laughs> about this stuff because it's just funny and awesome. But so last thing is that the reason why I thought it was so cool that you come on is I have not, like for a while, I knew Marvin mm-hmm. Grunbaum yeah, sure. and then Adam, mm-hmm. you know, and Shane from... Uh, Rang Flanagan's, right. Mm-hmm. And... And like for a while, I didn't know anybody else. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anybody else, you know. And and I knew, and I didn't know you at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, and then Colleen, she's mm-hmm. gigging a little bit, and there's a couple of others. Yeah. But um, there's like hardly any of us here, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that maybe sounds like a lot, but when you talk about, you know, M- Marvin kind of does his thing. He's in the symphony, and then Adam mm-hmm. kind of just basically stays with his jazz and yeah. and then Shane is definitely playing like 17 gigs a month so he's never <laughs> at any jams or any mm-hmm. other gigs and so what do we so two questions with that one do you have a theory on why there isn't more and second of all what can we do within the next like generation or whatever to make that more violinist you know, branching out. Do you have any theories on any of that? Um, I think it's happening mm. already. Yeah. Um, I'm finding a lot of, even just at, at UMKC, a lot, I've had a lot of people contact me, you know, that are mm. vi- classical violinists mm. saying, how'd you get into this? Mm. What did you, you I'm know, scared. What Help did me. you do? Yeah, 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 yeah where yeah. do you learn this? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you, you know, can you show me something? Mm-hmm. How do you... You know, there's so much interest. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of the problem is education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lucked into a camp that I happened to go to right. one summer, and that just changed everything for yeah. me. But there's, like, with jazz, you know, the, the programs in, across the country are growing, but there's not a lot of violin. I mean, I wanted to get a commercial music degree. Yeah. But I looked at, like, Belmont and Nashville, and it's 30000 a year, and I didn't have that kind of money. So I ended up getting, you know, I'm on my second classical degree because they're, you know, they're readily available at state schools, mm-hmm. and, and you find great teachers. And I think, I, I think what's going to happen, what happened with jazz is going to happen with violin. It will be interesting how they approach it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, jazz is such a specific style right. of music. It'll be interesting to see if they try to, like, there are blue bluegrass programs, like in Texas and Nashville, and um, 
it'll be interesting to see but I think that the commercial music idea that's how you make a living these days mm-hmm. you know to to be even my violin professor has been I'm doing some some jazz and other stuff on my recital for my last master's recital and his comment was you know this is a part of today's violinist mm-hmm. it has to be or you can't right. make a living for the most part and mm-hmm. I so I think it's I think when we start to see it pop up more in the colleges is when it's going to be even more popular. Yeah. When it's not, okay, Berkeley or here's a couple of other schools. It's, oh, here is in, you know, it's North, in, North it's, Texas, yeah. Juilliard, you know, all yeah. those places. Yeah, it's yeah. when it becomes more available, but I think there's already the interest. I think people just Yeah, that's don't a good know. point. Yeah. They just don't know where to go. Yeah. And it's scary mm-hmm. because it is, you know, such a different... Mm-hmm. a different thing and we've been taught as classical musicians the whole thing you know can't be don't ever do anything wrong and don't play the wrong notes it's it's a different world I think as we meet and mix together the different you know styles of music I think it's just gonna keep growing yeah that's great I mean that's a very optimistic view on and I agree with that I think you <laughs> have seen a lot especially compared to like even though we don't really remember, but like 1980, there wasn't anybody. I mean, no. we, we can, that, that's one of the things is that for, for role models, I mean, we've got like seven, <laughs> like well, forever, you know, I mean, yeah. in, in the, in the non-classical violinist, I mean, even in just in rock, I mean, we got Dave Matthews, Zach Brown, man, mm-hmm. Kansas, Charlie Daniels. I mean, name five others. There isn't, <laughs> you know, yeah, and so I mean, like, of oh, Stefan, yeah. Stefan Grappelli, Jean Lupani, you know, but like name a bunch of others and there isn't. And, and I, that, that's usually what happens to me is that when I come back to other people who I've met in the past and they'll, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I go down to 18th and Vine and I drop all the stuff on him. They're mm-hmm. like, you go down there. You know, and they give me that thing. I'm like, yeah, I go down there, you know, and, and they're just, they're just scared to death, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think they, you know, every one of those guys only listens to classical. Yeah, right. You know, they all love this stuff. They, they're just too scared to do it. And, and that's why I'm so, I love, I'm a hundred percent supporter of Suzuki. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I am. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of the three biggest reasons, probably the two biggest reasons why I can do this now is because it was, mm-hmm. You know, now I've, I've had an ear for 31 years instead of, yeah. you know, scared for 31 years. Yeah, you know? and I, I think um, that's why I like, as much as I can, I try to talk about everything I don't know. Mm. Because I think there's just this constant fear of you're supposed to know everything. You're mm. supposed to be the perfect from the beginning. <laughs> like, you never, mm. you know, and, and I... I that's never been true for me. I've always felt like I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. anything about any of these styles or how to get out. And, you know, I'm trying to start booking solo gigs in the next six months Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to do that. (laughs) And and I think the, you know, the more I talk to people about it and ask questions, the more I find out, oh, these people, you know, they didn't know at one point too. And, and there's, you know, it helps people feel more comfortable to say, okay, well, if, they don't know, then then I don't know. Maybe we can ask some questions and then Mm. we can start, you know, maybe we can branch into some popular styles of music. You know, if she just kind of did it, there was no magic key. She, you know, then, then that might help bring more into the popular Mm -hmm. styles. That's that's a good point. Yeah. One of my favorite lines from Harry Potter is when he was talking about every every witch or wizard started mm-hmm. out as nothing more than we are now students. I'm like, that's an awesome line. Yeah. Because we all think that they just were always awesome, and they're not. We, we all had to suck for a while, and that's what sucks about these jams, is you have to go out and suck for a while, yeah. and then you get, I, a li- and then you suck a little less, and a little less, and all of a sudden you're good at it, you know? I've, yeah, I watched um, a TV show on, I forgot, like Amazon Prime or something, the um, amazing Mrs. Maisel or something and mm-hmm. it's about a you know woman in the 50s trying to become a comic you know stand-up comedian and she goes on you know one of the episodes and goes and just bombs mm-hmm. <laughs> and her you know her agent or whatever just you bombed it happens <laughs> like it's what no big do deal about it now? You know, yeah, yeah I mean it just it's part of the experience and I remember that hit me like it's okay to fail Mm -hmm. you know I've been so afraid to get out there what if it's not perfect I'm Mm -hmm. not ready you know I had a violin professor that used to always say you know you always have to do so you know 
you, you just have to go out there before you're ready. Like right. you'll never feel ready. You'll never be ready. Right. So. Yeah, and so so last thing I'll ask you is that you were talking about doing solo gigs, and I think a lot of times, like especially these old time fiddlers, the seventy year old guys, you know, they look at classical people and they're like, "So play me a song," and the people are like, "Well, it doesn't work that way," you know, and they're like, "No, it does work that way. Play me a song," and then the classical people are like, "Well." I, I can't, you know, and so they, they're, they're just, again, two different languages talking there, like mm -hmm. you said, and that's, that's when I'm really grateful for my classical, or my ear training, because the, for me, you know, I, if, if you're going to ask me to just play a song I've heard for a thousand years, it's, it's over. You know, I'm very, very, very good at that. It's my mm -hmm. best thing that I do is, yeah. oh, silent night, da, 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 you yeah. know, and I'm, oh, I mean, it's over. I mean, perfect all the way through, you know, yeah. it's just something I've been really good at. Sight reading is not like that with me. I suck at sight reading, but, uh, but anyway, when you talk about coming up with like a set list and for this, you know, a solo gig for a wedding, mm -hmm. a private party. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I kind of had to sit there and do. It wasn't hard when I did it because I can just, you know, think of 30 songs off the top of my head, mm -hmm. especially during Christmas time. I mean, Christmas songs is over. I mean, I'm like all over that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but even little things like that of sitting down and, okay, I'm going to play my Ashokan for a while. I'm going to uh -huh. play my... So you have to. Some of the Rainbow. I'm going to play my fiddle... T okay, here's my six fiddle tunes I know. Uh -huh. Even with the music is fine. Yeah. But then I have my Paco Bell can or Taco mm -hmm. Bell Cannon, and then I have my, you know... <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, uh, it's just something that I think a lot of people don't think about is, is how even playing through your Suzuki, Suzuki books... You, you're starting to get your material now. Your Vivaldi A minor is part mm -hmm. of your material, and now yeah. I have Bach double, and now I have the, mm -hmm. you know, well, yeah. Like they, you know, I remember my fiddle teacher telling me, you know, you're not a fiddle player, so you have a hundred tunes. Mm. Like just I like that ready. a lot. You know, and I tell my students that all the time. <laughs> like, you know, this is it's a part you're building a repertoire. Yep. It's not, and I like that. I love that about the Suzuki method right. that they keep they want you to keep building and you know you don't ever really drop anything that you've played right. and I think that's important you get to go back and you get to see how much you've improved mm -hmm. and see I like that you said that a hundred tunes too and and I've always had that like my my rule which is similar to that is the idea that if you can if you can go drop in to a jazz gig with other guys for three hours, you're a jazz player. Yeah. You can either throw 10 tunes out that you already know, call tunes, mm -hmm. or just literally sit there and deal with it right now. Yeah. Old, old school 20s jazz tune, yeah. and you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Never heard it, you don't know the chords, yeah. and you listen to it and you improv, not know the head that fast, but, but improv with yeah. them. Yeah. To me, that's a jazz or whatever and that word means. Absolutely. But that's the same type of thing where you know like a hundred tunes, yeah. you're a blues player, you're a... Uh huh, and that's yeah. how I felt when I finally could comfortably go into a country jam. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, it's, it's simpler chord progressions and melodies right. and things, but um, when I could just sit in a country jam and deal with it, and it's great for yeah. hours, yeah. or if somebody could call me up on stage, you know, and I never played what, with what them, you, and got, never, yeah, and you, you just, know, yeah. and it just, I know that. That's yeah. when I think you've mastered. Right. Well, not mastered, right. but you know, you where you you can really say I can play this style of music. Right. You know, and there's obviously more you can do from sure. there, but but yeah. I think. Yeah, I think we're on the same page with that because <laughs> that's how I feel right now about blues and country. Mm -hmm. I can go up there and do a three-hour gig with them, and it's like and nothing. It's gonna be yeah, it's yeah. it's like Absolutely. I'm not. I am not scared at all of that. Yeah. whatsoever you know mm -hmm. now jazz gig I'm gonna go like <laughs> can I pick tunes for three hours please yeah. like please <laughs> you know and if I can pick tunes for three hours I've got 60 tunes but that's all I got uh -huh. if you call me one that I don't know it's not gonna go well at all and then the you know these last 20 are gonna be rough the first forty are gonna go good, but the last twenty, ew. so well, cool. We're we're all, we're basically out of time already. But you got one more uh, one more quick funny funny moment in the music business. I know you talked about uh, unfortunately, kind of kind of balling <laughs> at a fiddle contest, which oh, we all I've, have done. I've had all but, sorts of fun performances. Or, or any any, any student student fun um, moments with students or anything. Um, 
I've got a million great student mm -hmm. stories. Um, I think the the funniest just random gig story that I have, it was a Valentine's Day gig mm -hmm. several years ago. I was still an undergrad. Mm -hmm. um, and the bass player, upright bass player, had his girlfriend of however many years had just broken up with him. Mm -hmm. And so he was just kind of, <laughs> he was having yeah. a rough time. Well, um, at the end of the gig, I was just kind of standing by the stage, and the stage was up a little bit. He dropped the bass right on my head. Oh. <laughs> like, that's just like, that's the story that comes to mind. And I'm like, what's this crazy story? That um, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. He was like, he was having a little, uh, he was having a rough time. Yeah, he, and he doesn't remember that anymore. What, what taking but... it out on a bunch of other women? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean hate it was. Women. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, there yeah, there funny. were a lot of you know. I think that's that's music. That's funny. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. That's probably the the one yeah thing well well cool well i'm really i'm really glad that uh you you and some others have been out here doing doing some gigging because i because you know i didn't feel like the only one but there there just wasn't many that i had met even yet you know mm -hmm. when i first got into town so it's really nice to always meet people because we don't we don't have a whole lot of good role models like non-classical we have you know, oh, thousands in classical, yeah, classical. Roman, but uh, it's really fun to, to kind of network and, and meet other, well, other and violinists. It's, so it's fun because cool. that means we get to trailblaze. Mm. We're, you know, we're, yeah. we're creating, we're making some decisions, mm -hmm. deciding what our career, what this looks like. Right. And that's fun, I yeah, think. So. That is fun. <laughs> so, um, this is Katie Benio, <laughs> violinist in Kansas City. Um, and that's it. That's the show. <laughs> All right, we'll be we'll be on next time with uh, more people talking about music stuff, teaching, whatever. So that's it. Get out of here. See you guys later.